the key in this season of what God has got for our church, I believe, and not only for the church, but for you today, is found in Jeremiah chapter 29. Now one of the uh, one very popular verse in, the, in Scripture is Jeremiah 29.11. In fact, some of you might be able to quote that today. Uh, it's a very uh, popular verse in the Bible. But there's a lot more to Jeremiah chapter 29 than just verse number 11. So I want to cover more than just Jeremiah 29.11 today. I want to cover kind of the entirety of the message of Jeremiah chapter 29. Let me give you a little bit of background. Jeremiah chapter 29, you actually find the Jews are in what's called the Babylonian exile. The Jewish people have been taken into exile. Um, it was a time of, of incredible discouragement. They were in a, a very difficult season of their life. It was their own fault because of their disobedience to God. They had lived in a time of rebellion, and so it was actually their fault that God had led them to this place of exile. And God had told them they were going to enter into a time of exile. In other words, the Babylonians came in, captured them, took them out of their land, and God told them it was going to last for 70 years. 70 years is a long time. If you're 70 years old today or older, you know 70 years is a long time, right? You feel like you've been here a while. So for these people, for the Jewish people, they felt like they were never going to return to their homeland. They felt uh, as if life was never going to be the same again. Not only were they just living in a foreign country, living under a foreign leader, and very difficult circumstances, but uh, as more and more people began to be brought into Babylon, they began to hear the reports of how their city had been destroyed. And it just continued to discourage them to hear all the terrible reports of what was going on back in Jerusalem. And so all of these things just begin to, to tear them down and begin to discourage them. They begin to ask many questions and they begin to doubt and begin to uh, be uh, unsure of the future. And they begin to wonder in their minds, are the promises of God really true? Is God really going to come through this time? Or have we blown it so much that we're never going to be able to return to where we used to be before? But as God always does, God speaks to them in the midst of this difficult season. And God reminds them here in Jeremiah 29. And He just lets them know that guys, with God, there is hope. And if you don't get anything else out of this message today, when you're going through a hard time in life, I want to remind you today that with God, there is hope. Alright? If you're going through a hard time with yourself, with, with, with your family situation, with finances, whatever it may be, your job situation, lack of a job, whatever it may be, I want to remind you today that as long as God is there and you turn to God and look to Him and trust Him, with God there is hope. Can I get an amen? With God there is hope. And so God is reminding them of that today. With Him there is hope. If you're in a difficult situation today, let me give you the words that God gave to His people during this very difficult time. First of all, God told them in the midst of this difficult season of their life, first of all, He tells them, you have to stay 
focus. That is the first thing. Number one, you need to stay focused. Look at verses 4 through 6. I'm not going to read all of them, but let me kind of give some highlights of what he told them. He said, when they're in this time of exile, God tells them, he says, listen, you're in Babylon, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to continue to build houses. I want you to settle down in Babylon. I want you to plant gardens. I want you to keep living life as normal. I want you to continue to have families. You're married, have children. Keep on living life like you normally would as if you were in Jerusalem. And he tells them in verse number 6, he said, I actually want you to increase in number. Don't decrease, but I want you to increase while you are in this foreign land. In other words, I want you to bloom where you're planted. I know that uh, you're not where you want to be in life, but I want you to just accept the season of life that you're in and make the best of it. That's the first message that God is telling them. Bloom where you're planted. It's not the best. It's not what you want. It's not like you like. But it's where you're at. And you've got to make the best of it. Bloom right where you're planted. Now listen. I think the hardest thing and sometimes the most important thing when we get in the midst of a very difficult situation, the hardest thing to do is to stay focused. It is incredibly hard to stay focused. But the message here is God is telling us, listen, when you're in a, in a hard place in life, in a difficult season, you've got to stay focused. In other words, you've got to stay focused on your relationship with Jesus. You've got to stay focused on your relationship with Him. Stay focused in prayer. You've got to stay focused in the Word of God. Stay focused on growing in Christ. You've got to stay focused so that you can continue to move forward. You may not understand all the things about your circumstance. You, you may have a lot of questions. You, you, uh, the doubt may try to creep in, but you've got to bloom right where you're planted. Back in the 1500s, St. John of the Cross wrote many different uh, poems and, and writings, and, uh, such as The Dark Night of the Soul. And he talked about these difficult circumstances that we face in life. And he, he wrote things like this. I, I'll kind of sum it up here. He said that it is in these, in these times, in these difficult situations that we face, that God is often doing the greatest work in us and that He is preparing us for His greatest work. It's in the difficult seasons of life, he's saying that we need to stay focused. It's in those hard times, if we will stay focused on God, that God is doing His greatest work in us, and that God is preparing us for the greatest work that He wants to do through us. And so I want to encourage you today, it's so critical, when you are going through a hard time in life, stay focused on Jesus. Because the temptation in those hard times is to panic, and when you panic, you will lose focus. You see it all the time with sports teams. You'll see a sports team when the game is on the line. I, I watched a couple of the champ, uh, Final Four games last night. Both of them were close games. And you saw at the very end, those teams that were behind by just a few points, they panicked at the very end, trying to throw up crazy shots, 
trying to make crazy moves because they, they panicked. And there was one or two players that just lost focus. He was trying to make a, a move. He was trying to make a shot that he normally wouldn't take, a, a move that he normally wouldn't do. And because he lost focus and he made a bad shot, he made a costly mistake. He ended up losing the game for his team. And you see it all the time in the sports world. You'll see it in the business world. You'll see leaders who will abandon time-proven principles and values because they will panic. They, they, they will see, uh, you know, they, they will rush a move. They will rush something and they will make critical mistakes that could be uh, deadly in the end, maybe to their business. Or it may be deadly in, in a decision that they're trying to make and it could cost their business a, a big chunk of money or something that, that they're trying to do. Why? Because they, they lose focus. And in the spiritual realm, it's the same for us. When we panic and we forsake the valuable things, we forsake God in the process, and we begin to depend upon ourselves, or what the Bible says we depend upon our flesh, what happens? We begin to listen to the wrong voices, and we begin to act according to what we think is right. We depend upon the wrong people and we depend upon the wrong things. We lose focus and we end up missing the big picture of what God is trying to do. We miss the big picture of what God is trying to do in us and through us and we miss God personally and we miss God's greatest work. And so I want to encourage you today, in the hard times, stay focused. Stay focused on Jesus. Keep your eyes Fixed on Him. I, again, I, one of my favorite scriptures in Hebrews chapter 12 there, those first three voc- uh, verses there, tell us to keep our eyes fixed up on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed upon Him. And you're in that hard time in life. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your heart tuned into God's Word. Keep your heart tuned into His Word. Keep your ears tuned into His voice. And just simply bloom where you're planted. Say, God, I may not understand this season. I may not understand why things are like they are, but God, I'm going to just bloom where I'm planted. And listen, if you will stay focused on Him, God will bless you and God will bring the increase in your life if you will simply stay focused on Him in the difficult times. All right? Then secondly, God tells the Jewish people not only to stay focused on Him, He tells them, number two, to trust His plan. You've got to trust God's plan when you're in a difficult season. Look at verse number seven. God tells them, the Jewish people, He says you need to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Seek the peace of the city. Notice here, that it was God who took them into exile. It was God's plan. Again, it was God's judgment for their idolatry and sin. But God's telling them, I am going to be faithful to you. I took you into this hard place, but I took you here because I have a redemptive plan. I am going to restore you I'm going to revive you. I'm going to bring you out of this hard place. I'm going to bring you out shining, brighter than you've ever been before. 
I've got a great plan in the midst of this hard time of your life. I'm going to do a powerful work. And so God's telling them, you just need to trust my plan. Trust the work that I'm doing. And I want to encourage you today, you're in a difficult place in life, trust God's plan. Even if you're in that hard place because it's your fault, how many of you ever been in a hard place in life and you'll go, man, that was my fault. All right, there you go. One person, Kelly, he was honest with me back there. Kelly, I got both hands, brother, all right? I've been in some hard places before, and if I'm just honest, I go, Rick, it's your own fault, buddy. All right? And then again, I've been in some hard places in life, and I'm going, what in tarnation, right? Jed Clampett there, tarnation, right? What in the world's going on? I don't understand what's going on. I mean, we, we've all been there, right? And sometimes it's a mixture of both. And so we, we're just, we come to those places. We don't know what's going on. Sometimes we have absolutely no control. But listen, whatever the situation is, I want to encourage you, you're in a difficult place in life. Trust the plan of God. Trust Him. Because nothing in your life goes unnoticed by God. God knows every detail. He knows the struggle. God knows the pain. He knows the thoughts that are going through your mind. He knows that you know, he knows when you're trying to figure it all out. And he knows the the struggle of trying to, to make the right decisions and do the right thing. All the things that you're going through, God understands all of that. In fact, God knows more of the details than what you know. God sees the big picture. And God is saying, listen, I have a plan in the midst of it all. You just simply need to trust me. If you will turn it over to me and you will allow me to work and allow me to move in this situation, I have a plan. I know how to get you through it. I know how to help you in the midst of it. I know how to bring you out on the other side. I know how to bring out a redemptive plan. I know how to use it for my glory so that not only you can be changed, but other lives can be changed. God has a perfect plan. And so He's saying you just need to trust me. I go back to another one of my favorite scriptures with this, and that is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. He tells us there to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's where Rick gets guilty a lot of times. I lean on my own understanding. But he says don't do that. He says trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Don't lean upon yourself, but acknowledge Him. Turn it all over to Him. You're in the midst of that hard place, that rock in a hard spot. Whatever that situation is, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him, first of all, as the Lord of your life. If you're not surrendered to Him, surrender your life to Him. Acknowledge Him as the Lord of your life and look to Him and trust Him. And the Word says He will direct your path. doesn't say that all of it's going to be perfect. doesn't say it's all going to be smooth sailing, but He does say He will direct your path. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will be with you in the midst of it all. And so I want to encourage you today, whatever the situation is, 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in Him because God has a plan. And again, God will work things out for His glory. It's not going to be smooth all the way. It's not going to be perfect. But He says, I will work things out. I will lead and guide your steps along the way. Amen? So, you've got to trust in the Lord. Trust God's perfect plan. Then number three, he tells us to pray. Look again at verse number seven, the end part of the verse there. He tells them to pray for the city. You realize how hard it had to be for the Jewish people to be in a place of captivity? They're in Babylon. They're they're exiles. I mean, someone comes and captures your family and takes them to a foreign land. And then you've got to turn around and you've got to pray for your enemies. That's hard. And he says you need to pray for them. And he says because if the city prospers, you will prosper too. He's telling them, listen, you, you can be blessed in the midst of your difficulty. And he tells them, you've got to commit yourself to prayer. And I know it sounds so cliche to just pray. You're in a bad situation, pray, right? I mean, that, that sounds so cliche. But listen, the greatest move you could ever make when you're going through a difficult situation is you need to pray. And prayer, listen, listen closely, prayer should never be reserved for the difficult times. Some people, that's the only time they pray. When they get in a bad place in life, you know, I several years ago there was a lady that, that cut my hair, and she used to have this sticker on the, you know, on the mirror there where you get your hair cut. And it always bothered me down at the bottom of the mirror, there was a little sticker that said, If all else fails, try God. You ever seen those little quotes like that before? That one just bugged me to death. If all else fails, Try God. I just always want to, I should have spoke up, you know, I should have said, you know, before it fails, you need to try God. And that's how some people treat God. They wait until everything else fails, and then they try God. And some people treat prayer that way. They wait until everything else has fallen apart, and then they'll decide to pray. Prayer should never be reserved just for the difficult times. But listen to me, the way to weather the hard times is to turn to God 100% dependence upon Him in prayer. You have got, if there's any other time in life, you've got to rely upon God in prayer. When you face the difficult times, you've got to rely upon Him in prayer. And listen, I've discovered this. Give you a little bit of a warning here. It's hard to pray when you're going through difficult times. I don't know if you've ever discovered that before. I've discovered it myself, and I've seen other people. When you're going through really hard times, it is hard to pray. It is hard to really focus on prayer, unless you already have a prayer life built up in your life. 
It's just hard to do it. In fact, one of the first things that a lot of people will abandon in the hard times is they will abandon prayer. They should be turning to prayer. They, they should be falling up on their knees and calling out upon God. But instead, a lot of people will abandon the very thing they need, and that is prayer and looking to God. It is a hard thing to do, and I don't know why it is. or It could be the whole thing about just trying to trust the plan of God. Maybe it's because their mind is racing and, and they're focusing upon so many uh, issues. Maybe the problem just becomes so big in their mind that maybe they think God can't take care of this. I don't know what it is, but it is a hard thing to do when you're going through a difficult time. It is hard sometimes to really focus on prayer. And so I want to encourage you before the hard time comes to begin to build your prayer life. And when those hard times do come, you have got to call upon God in prayer. You've got to fall upon your knees. And you know, you may not have all the big flowery words. You may not have the big long prayers. But listen, you've got to call upon God. And you've got to depend upon Him. And listen, God wants you to call upon Him. God is waiting for you to pray. God is desperate for you to pray. God wants you to bring your needs to Him. If you will commit yourself to prayer in the hard times, God will be there for you. Listen to what the Bible tells us. First uh, Peter 5 and verse number 7 says, Cast all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. That's prayer right there. If you will cast it upon Him, you know, I, I picture someone, when I read that verse, I picture someone carrying a big giant weight. You know, something that they cannot hardly carry, and it's just weighing them down so much, and they just can't hardly take another step. Picture Jake right here, I was sitting in the front row. You know, it's like God is just saying, if you'll just bring it to me, if you'll just cast that thing upon me, that's what God wants you to do. God is just saying, if you'll cast it on me, I'll take care of it. That's what God wants you to do. Psalm 55, verse 22, almost the same thing. says, cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Do you get that? Again, cast it on Him, and what's He going to do? He's going to sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. He is not going to allow the enemy or your circumstance to shake you and to tear you apart. He is not going to allow that circumstance to pull the rug out from under your feet and let you fall flat on your face and wipe you out. God will not allow that to happen to the righteous. God will not allow that to happen to His people. You may struggle, you may go through a difficult time, but God's promises are true. They are yes and they are amen. And God is saying, if you will just cast it on me, I will sustain you, I will hold you up, and I will be there to see you through that difficult time in your life. Just commit yourself to prayer. Cast that need upon the Lord, and He is going to be there for you. Amen? Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says almost the same thing. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There it is again. It, do, you, do you guys begin to see what I'm saying here? All of these, they're invitations. God is saying, an invitation. God is saying, if you will bring it to me, 
Cast it upon me. Bring me your, your weary situations. Bring me your burdens. All those things that you are going through, cast it upon me. I will sustain you. I will give you rest. I will not let you fall. I will be there to see you through. God is saying, commit yourself to prayer and I will be with you in the difficult times. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to know today, God loves you. And He's simply saying, if you will turn and just ask me. Just ask. You know, again, it's not a big flowery prayer here where you've got to have, you know, this 10-minute introduction and you've got to have all of these, uh, you know, all of these things lined out, you know, all your ducks in a row to this big, long, powerful prayer. All you've got to do is just ask. <laughs> ask God for help. Ask Him to be there. Fall upon your knees and say, God, I need help. And God is going to be there. Commit yourself to prayer in the difficult seasons and times of life. Amen? God is inviting you. He wants you to bring those things to Him. To him. He cares for you. He's more than able. And He's a miracle-working God that will be there for you. Then number four, God says when you're going through the hard times, you need to trust His promises. Now we get to the verse number 11. That's the famous verse out of Jeremiah chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. For the Jewish people that are in this time of exile, and their difficult season, God was reminding them and saying, hey listen, deliverance is going to come. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to shorten the season. The 70 years is going to be there, all right? You're, you're going through a difficult time. But I'm just reminding you, for the Jews, he said, I still have a plan for you. And he said, my plan, listen, is going to prosper you. He said, I'm not going to harm you. My plan is to give you hope. And I will give you a future. So God is reminding them of what His plan is going to be. You've got to trust His promises. Listen, when you're going through a hard time, trust not only the plan of God like I talked about a while ago, but trust the promises of God. Trust His promises. Because the Bible says that God's promises are yes and amen. In other words, you can take the promises of God to the bank every single time and you can count on them. In fact, it is said that there's over 3,500 promises that God makes in the Bible. And guess how many times God has ever failed on a promise? Anybody know? None. God has never, ever once failed on a promise. Ever. And the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you would have moved back to yesterday, that means He was the same the two days ago. Yeah, yesterday, today, and forever. God has never changed. And God will never 
ever change. God is the same. So that means God's promises, yes and amen, you can count on them every single time. Now, I have discovered that sometimes it seems like God is just there in the nick of time. I don't know about you, but I've discovered that many times, and you wonder, will God come through? But listen, I have discovered this. God never fails on His promises. God will always come through on His promises. I fail on mine. I've made some promises to God before, and, and I've tried to uphold my end of the deal, and sometimes I come short. But I have discovered God has never failed, and He will never fail you. And you can count upon the promises of God. You can count upon His promises that He has made toward you because you are His child. Amen? If you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ and He is your Lord and Savior, you can count upon the promises of God and you can take them to the bank in your life, whatever they may be. You are going through some difficult times with your family. Find some promises of God concerning your family and concerning your situations and claim the promises of God. Stand upon the Word of God. I remember a story of them. A pastor, uh, actually he's an evangelist, uh, Mark Perky. Some of you may know the name Mike Perky, uh, famous um, uh, Southern gospel singer Mike Perky, uh, also a pastor of a church in Kansas City. Mike Perky, his brother is an evangelist, Mark Perky. When Mark was really young, Mark, I don't remember what the disease was, but Mark uh, had a disease, he was in the hospital, and he was about to die. And his mother, or grandmother, was a great, great prayer warrior. And I've heard him tell this story. And uh, he, he described being in the hospital and what it was like to almost die. And his grandmother, uh, one night, God just began to deal with her and, and showed her, listen, Mark is about to die, and you have got to pray for him. You've got to intercede, because if you don't, he is going to die. And, and, and God just told her, said, listen, you need to stand upon the Word of God. And he just said his grandmother was a very simple lady who would take God's Word seriously. And so she described that night she took her Bible and she opened it up. Now I'm not going to do this because my shoes will tear the, the paper here. But she literally took her Bible, opened it up and put it in the living room and she put it down like this and she stood with her feet on the Bible And almost all night long, she stood on her Bible and she prayed and she just began to proclaim every promise from God's Word that she knew. And she just began to proclaim them that God was a healer and that God could heal her son. She began to recall how Jesus had healed so many people in the Word of God. And if Jesus could do it for the blind, and Jesus could do it for the deaf, and if Jesus could do it for the mute, and all these other situations, and she just stood upon the Word of God, and she proclaimed the promises of God. As she prayed with Him that night, Jesus came into that room there in the hospital and visited that young boy. In a, I mean, literally came in and visited him in that room in a vision there. And Jesus touched him in the middle of the night and healed his body and made him whole. And he went home the next day. Listen, church, you can stand upon the Word of God. You may not have to physically stand on it just like she did that night, but you can proclaim the Word of God in your life because God's Word works. Amen? There's a lot of other things that do not work and you cannot count on, but you can count upon the promises of God. Amen? God's Word never, ever fails for your life. Trust His promises because God has a plan for your life. 
His plan is to prosper you and not harm you. Again, that doesn't mean a perfect life. That doesn't mean an easy life. But His promise is that He does have a big picture and He does have amazing plans in our life. And He's saying, I will use the good, I'll use the bad, I'll use the ugly in your life, but I want to move and work in your life. Trust in the promises of God. Back in January of 2000, Tiffany and I moved to Harrison, Arkansas to become youth pastors at Faith Assembly of God Church. And uh, there was a, a young lady at the church by the name of Sabrina Westcott. Sabrina was uh, late 20s, just a few years older than us. And uh, Sabrina and her husband, Eric, they had two little boys. And... Uh, Sabrina was over the deaf ministry at the church, but when we arrived there, Sabrina was going through uh, a health battle that the doctors could not figure out. And uh, she went to many doctors, like the Mayo Clinic and all these other things, just some strange pains and things that she was experiencing, and doctors couldn't figure it out. And with just a matter of months after we had moved there, Sabrina ended up in a wheelchair. And her body was just uh, severely limited, uh, not a complete paralysis, but in many areas of her body was, was paralyzed, severely impaired. And the doctors could not figure out what was going on in her body, what the problems were. And the only thing they could figure out what had happened to her to cause the things that were going on was um, Sabrina one day had been on the telephone on a landline, this before cell phones got popular, uh, she was on the telephone uh, there at her house. Lightning had struck, and she remembers when it was close there, the lightning came into the house. She remembers feeling just a jolt, even on the phone, and, uh, but not like you know anything serious that affected her. But she does, just does remember. She doesn't remember if it just scared her a while, but she just remembers kind of feeling just a little bit of a jolt there, and that was it. And nothing else happened to her, but it was just slowly her body just began to deteriorate over a period of months, to the point she was in a wheelchair and, and, and again, paralysis in, in many areas of her body. And the doctors just could not figure out, one, if that was even what had happened, and two, they could not figure out what was going on in her body. Are you talking about a picture of someone who stayed focused on Jesus and trusted God and prayed? But let me tell you something. Being a part of the pastoral staff, praying for somebody in a wheelchair and seeing them wheel out every single week, it was a hard thing to do. Because you pray and you trust God and you proclaim every scripture, but to see them week in and week out push her out in a wheelchair and not to see any results, but actually to see her to continue to deteriorate was a hard thing to do. This went on for about a year of her being in a wheelchair. But then comes Palm Sunday of 2001. Palm Sunday is next Sunday. It's the week before Easter. Palm Sunday early that morning, Sabrina gets up and normal routine like she had done all of her life, gets up and she goes to the restroom and turns on the light and just begins to take care of things and begins to get dressed. And then it dawns on her that she is walking and she is moving normally and she has no pain. And she realizes, 
I'm not in my wheelchair. She screams for her husband, Eric. Eric's thinking, well, she got in her wheelchair and made it to the restroom and she's fallen in the process. And he gets up and runs in there. And here's his wife standing there, completely healed and completely whole. And she's never had a pain since that day. God miraculously healed her. Again, I mean, there was nobody there in that moment to lay hands on her, to pray for her in that moment. But listen, you talking about staying focused on Jesus and the hard season and trusting God's plan and just faithfully praying and trusting the promises of God. Eric and Sabrina Westcott were just, to me, a picture-perfect example because they didn't understand what had happened And why me and what's going on? But listen, through it all, God has not only brought them through that physical situation, but God has brought about a miraculous healing, not only for her, but a testimony that has been told time and time again. Listen, you're talking about a church celebrating. (laughs) That was a Palm Sunday church service like I'll never forget before when she walked into church that day with no wheelchair. You're talking about a celebration that day. I'm talking about a church that just went crazy and bananas because God had healed her and made her whole. Listen, church, I'm here to tell you today, we serve a miracle-working God. And if you're going through a hard time, a difficult place in your life today, stay focused. Trust the plan of God. Continue to call upon God and trust His promises because God cares for you and God is going to see you through this season God is going to bring you through this season and God is going to use this season for His glory 